space, the final frontier. These are the Voyages of the Trek Mate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack, all hands battle station. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a star is terrifying. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery and it has been some time so I need to give you guys a bit of an apology because uh, we was intending to get some more episodes out. However, unfortunately... Since Christmas, Jude has not been too well. He's uh, he's developed some issues with regards to his uh, stomach, some abdominal abdominal issues uh, that has caused him a lot of pain. And he was hoping to be able to get back on uh, the show sooner. However, he can't sit in one position without being uh, in pain for like some time. So. Uh, really sorry, but you can't join us at the moment. So instead, I have uh, decided that I would call upon my oldest Trek mate in history, Mr. Dominic Bellman. Hi. Oh, good to be back. Thank you for having me, Wayne. Um, yeah, yeah, I should have done a little drum intro. Um, but yeah, um, all the best to Jude. I was hoping I was hoping to see him when we, we did this, but yeah, I wish him all the best. I feel really bad because I was supposed to record with you yesterday, and I, I messaged you going, "My back hurts. I don't think I can do it." But in the context of what you just said about Jude, I feel like a real pussy. Uh, You're an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, I am the worst person there is. Well, no. I'm the second worst no. after Michael Burnham, but let's uh, let's uh, let's Yeah, no, honestly. Don't worry, dude. Um, and with regards to Jude, uh, we just want to say uh, I've told him over the phone a number of times. But honestly, mate, just take care of yourself, get yourself better, and you can join us whenever you're feeling up to it. So, uh, yeah, uh, we uh, hope that Jude gets better soon. And he has said that if he feels up to it at any point, he will be jumping on. But he's had loads of blood tests and tests done and he's now got to wait until the beginning of march for his scan because things are so backed up so he's got to wait until then to actually have his uh, initial scan so uh, fingers crossed he'll be feeling uh, better at some point though he does have a feeling it's going to need some form of medical help so Fingers crossed, he feels better and you know, gets better soon. So today, since this is the first time that we've recorded since it finished, I thought that it would be only fair 
that Dominic and myself shit on Discovery. <laughs> We're not going to be diplomatic about it, are we? Um, no. <laughs> no, well, I, I've compiled a list. I also, just before seeing you, um, I watched the sort of quasi-beginnings and finals of all three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is is the incredible drop in production quality you see from the first from the Battle of the Binary Stars from season one mm-hmm. to the final in season three. But um, yeah, uh, they are wow. It's been a it's been a journey, hasn't it? It yeah, certainly yeah. has. So oh. if if you are a hardcore Discovery fan, don't want to hear much negativity. We'll see you <laughs> next episode. Yeah, or you know, or just just don't listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, just skip one episode. <laughs> we'll it, keep it contained. Yeah, we'll try and keep it in trade. I um, I've said it to you. I think when I've been on before, I I actually don't like too much overbearing negativity. I think the internet is ripe for it, and I understand that a lot of um. You know, it it kind of feeds on negative stuff when people like to shit on things and just find the bad stuff about things. Mm-hmm. But but Discovery is a flaming turd. Um. Uh. But I try. I, you know, it's I. I've tried. I've really tried with it. I've get, watched all of the episodes, but I have I have never grown so much through a television show in my life. It it just irritates me how bad it is in in regards to. The lack of intelligence. Um, uh, yeah, I just like just the lack of intelligence, lack of cohesive narrative, and and there's no continuity in between how, what characters do. It's just I just I I can't believe that a writer's room has thought this was good. You mm-hmm. know, no, no one questioned it or about it in a timeline. Um, I've made a list, or did you? How do you want to go with this? I am because because. I have had the opportunity to vent on some of the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. So I am happy to take your lead and go wherever you like, my friend. Okay. All right. So we're just, we're doing season three. So we'll start, with, I'll, go, I'll go a quick brief into the first episode. So I would actually say the first episode is the best thing they did out of all three seasons. And the reason why is it's not Star Trek. It felt like an episode of Doctor Who. It had all the sort of structure of that. It's madcap, has like crazy moments, a lot of running and weird alien bits. And it had nothing to do with Star Trek whatsoever. Um, It just, you know, because you're a fish out of water. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, so this is, I'm trying to be positive as I start this. That was the first time. And it's like, so they, so they just, they completely messed up the continuity of the original, of the TOS era. And they've written themselves into a hole because they don't have a creative bone in their body. They don't know what they're doing. Um, so they decide to throw Discovery 900 years into the future. Uh, and I, 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 I've been pondering how they would do this since the end of season two. And they're, you know, the, prob- the problem with 900 years in the future, when you think about the TNG area, going past that, that's... That's going to mm-hmm. cause a lot of problems like technology, all of these sorts of bits and pieces. You know, look, there's you've got to think about what, what the technology of that's got, how, how that's going to affect the culture and, and the development of the Alpha Quadrant. And in fact, all four of the quadrants, what what that means. And so that I, I think that is probably 
when TNG started, it had just the design of that show is amazing. Like the, the, the panels, the technology, the pads, the phases, the uniforms, the bridge of the Enterprise D, everything is iconic looking, but it was in its new look. It was its own defined rep- um, imagery. And none of that has been thought about in this in this universe it seems they've gone for very generic science fiction technology for the federation uh, from what we see of the federation and starfleet we only starfleet headquarters only has that corridor <laughs> that materializes and disappears that's the thing it has the room with no floor yeah yeah but the admiral just seems to stand in a hallway the whole time he doesn't doesn't even have a desk i mean the that stupid guy who's been waiting for 40 years at least had a desk. At least he had a floor. He had a floor and a bed. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, I, I, I want to do this structure, but I forgot about this guy. So this guy, his dad was a Starfleet officer. And after his dad presumably died, he just, you know, he just stayed in the same building, the same space station, wherever he is. And every day got up, checked the radio and just sort of sat about and then went to bed, got up, checked the radio to see if anything's come in. And he's been doing that for 40 years without pursuing any education, any any other mean, you know, any other thing to do with his life. This guy is a twat. I mean, this guy is just, this, this is, this is not someone you, I mean, and then Michael Burnham turns up like the messiah that she is and just tells him, you're everything there is in Star- there is we need in Starfleet. What, a man who has no ambition or no thinking, literally can't think outside of the box he lives in? This guy is a moron. It's just an absolute moron. It, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. That's it. I'm just going to sit and wait. Phenomenal. That's, that, that's just like, so this is, this is the caliber we're working with. I mean, he didn't educate himself. He didn't train using holograms to be a Starfleet officer or anything. No, he just just sat like a dickhead and did nothing. And it and so so oh man, there's just so much. There's just so much to unpack, Wayne. It's just uh yeah. So we'll we'll go with what the writers clearly wanted to write about, and that's Michael Burnham. You know galactic super warrior um so she's lost her iron man suit after crashing on a planet and not breaking any of her bones or having an internal injuries mm-hmm. and she crashes into one of the worst looking spaceships i've ever seen book's ship um his ship makes no fucking sense as the series goes on no it's it's like the ultimate it's like the the it just it does whatever the plot needs it to do you know it transforms it Oh. That's the thing. Literally, it comes apart to fit through a like a hole, and then reassembles itself, like attack, holding each piece in place with tractor beams. Yeah, it is a huge fucking it, like. What's the term? Is the term a MacGuffin? Yeah, yeah. So yes, it's it's a. Um, there's a really good YouTube channel called The Critical Drinker, and he mm-hmm. has a wonderful term called a magical bullshit device. Yeah. And that's, it's, 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 um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, uh, it's like the magic wand in Picard, you know, it just sort of, you dream it, it can do it. And, and the ship just seems to, it can fit through holes and go everywhere. It's literally better than Discovery. It does more than Discovery as well. And it, it and yeah, he, he, so he crash lands. Well, he doesn't crash because the thing just doesn't seem to be destroyable. And um, 
They then engage in a fist fight, which, of course, Michael Burnham wins, um, even though she's half his, his mass and has literally fallen from space. She's fine. Don't worry about it. That's we no longer live in a world where people get hurt um, in that way. And, yeah, they go off on a they go on a go off, go off on a mission to the latest Doctor Who base because it, it just felt like Doctor Who the whole way through on that. Michael Burnham gets high mm-hmm. and uh, teleport. Everybody's just teleporting and running. So then the the 900 years in the future, Wayne, and all right, look, the the only phases in, especially in the first two seasons of TNG were not accurate things. They were slow moving. Everyone Mm -hmm. would stand and fire their phaser in a dramatic pose. I loved it. But, you know, they they were not an accurate, accurate thing. Um, The Makos and Enterprise literally had the most advanced weapons in the world. I love those. I love the Makos. Yeah. Um, And we're in the future now, and you've got the uh, the Emerald Chain, which is a mixture of Andorians and um, and Orions, mm-hmm. and they've got these st- stupid little trumpet hand pistols that just miraculously appear on their hands. So because every, everything's like nanotech based when it well until it's not, and it's and and they're just so inaccurate. It's the future. You should. This is this is what we've been reduced to. These stupid trumpet pistols, and they can't see. They can't hit shit. It's Michael Burnham and Booker. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. I've just I've been building up to this so much. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's good. We all need to vent. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Right. So that whole episode ends up with them going. You know, go. Um. Being off. And then the next episode's about discovery. Actually, about the discovery crew. And it's like, wow. Okay. Finally, we're going to see the crew get to actually do stuff and it's 50 percent of you know stamis and um the bitchy short-haired uh, other engineer who they kind of have a we're both, yeah. we're both we're both geniuses but we have no respect for each other blah 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 um what, what an incredible working environment um and it's about the two of them refusing to go up a ladder for for the for 50% of the pot, it's just those two just refusing to really do anything and go up a ladder and having bickering sessions. And then the rest of them are just panicking as the ship goes begins to lose control. And um, Saru um, and Tilly uh, go to a to a uh, a saloon a saloon in the Wild West. Um, and <laughs> it made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> And also, Tilly is really shit in this episode as well. Oh, she's really awful. I want to address the elephant in the room thing. Um, and you know what I mean by that, because I don't want to seem awful. But she's awful in this as generally as a character, isn't she? She just yes, just yeah. But the, you can see what they you can see the seeds of what is to come later in the season of their relationship. And I actually thought Saru actually started off pretty good in it. And he was trying to be diplomatic. He was he was trying to really be a Starfleet officer, and I and I thought that was cool. But then Michelle Yeoh turns up as Giorgio, and the show is really about characters like her solving the problems. And and she actually dismisses the concept of democracy. And to prove her point, she kills every what well, beats the crap out of everyone and kills the rest and saves them, thus proving that democracy no longer serves a purpose. And then fundamentally removing a component of Star Trek that has always, always been a driving force. And that's, that to me is a really bad thing um, because violence solves every single problem in this series. They don't, they don't, there's only one instance of, um, 
a brief moment of um of uh of democracy sorry not democracy of um, diplomacy and and talking at a table which is always been a part of star trek it, it was the only time they have it and that is towards the end of the season but we'll get to that a bit later on because uh, because that's also that's also ruined by some incredibly awful dialogue um yeah so they have that then michael burnham turns up and saves them that's what was most disappointing for me with that episode yeah. is they had spent the entire episode making it about the crew yeah and then the crew were in a situation where the ship was sinking they needed to save themselves but no no one on that ship could save them except michael burnham yeah it's it's it it really is a massive it just it shows it's like the writers are aggressively just pushing for that character. I get it. She, it was always meant to be her as the focus of the show. But if you are, if I mean, a shining example is Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine had seven main characters, but that wasn't Deep Space Nine. So really what that, that cast was, it had, it had like 25 characters by the end of it. And they naturally progressed and developed. And if the writers were really good, they would have allowed more of that to happen with the crew. I, I don't I don't know who any of those bridge officers are. There's there's girl with weird metal thing on her eye. I I know she's the pilot. I don't yeah. know her name. Um there's um the um the um black actress uh I think she's a security guard. I don't quite remember what her role is either. She's normally at, at the con, isn't she? Yeah, I couldn't re- that's the thing is like I still don't know what their roles are, what their ranks are. And what, probably what their names are, and it doesn't mean I don't want to get to know them. Like they look like an entertainer. Who was the security Maybe. guard? They didn't have a security guard. Who is security? Is it the, is it the black guy? No. Um. Wait. Was it Yum Yum? The you know the one who goes uh, Yum Yum to Giorgio, but then decided to just quit. I have no idea, mate. We're three seasons in yet, and we you know the first season. It just, it, I just, I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't remember their names, even now. I only know Stamus because it, I don't know that name just sort of registered, and he's been a focus point of the season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just, it, like you said, it, they, they really missed a chance with that. I really missed the point for the crew to be amazing and will step up and prove themselves in some way. And yeah, it's, it's lost because Michael Burnham saves them and. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the thing. The entire episode, it, for me, that episode wasn't too horrific, but then it ruined itself by yeah. becoming a okay. No, Michael Burnham saving the day. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely ruined it. One thing though, dude. Yes. You're forgetting all of the times that in TNG, uh, no one else saved the ship except Picard. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, he, did. No. He, he was the only one who ever did it, wasn't he? That's the thing. He yeah. would run down to engineering, kick Geordie <laughs> out the way, and th- and fix things. If, yeah. if there was ever a fucking situation where someone needed their life saving, he'd rip that scalpel out of Crusher's hand <laughs> and quickly yeah. save them. Yeah, you're you're forgetting about how he always took time to have heartfelt com- uh, conversations in the corridors with his crew members during those intense moments, often tear felt and always making sure to know, let all of his crew members know how much he loved them and how they, they were more than the crew. They were a family. 
And, you know, that was that was always Picard's thing, his his overwhelming emotional state, you know, just yeah. in between, like you said, like just doing everything else everyone else needed doing. Yeah, exactly. No, there was no form of teamwork in any previous series of Star Trek. This no. is this series exemplifies what makes Star Trek great. I mean, I'm, I'm to be perfectly honest, I'm just glad they got rid of away teams. I mean, there's nothing more tedious than watching a group of interesting characters going into a new environment and having to deal with circumstances there. It's much better to just have a person that automatically knows everything and is already wiser than everyone, which... Uh, I think brings us very well to the next episode where they go to Earth. And oh dear. it's this is one of the worst things they could have done. Like it I this with this one act, they kill Star Trek. It it is so bad. Like and the thing that really irritates me is it's oh it's Brexit. We're we're making a stab at Brexit. And it's like to the point where the liaison they meet is British. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's just so on the nose. It's so, it's awful because it kills Roddenberry's dream. It absolutely kills the dream to, to suggest that, you know. Yeah, but uh, I love the fact that they try to imply that by, okay. Also, we haven't touched on the, uh, the burn, we haven't even touched the burn sorry we haven't even touched on the burn (laughs) burn the the the, honestly the the most ridiculous idea ever that that all of the dilithium in the known universe at least the galaxy yeah exploded simultaneously at the same time yeah so now uh, they aren't able to transport anywhere except when they really need to (laughs) so it's yeah no so so, and you're trying to tell me that because they didn't have dilithium earth gave up on its other colonies within its solar system yeah 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 Wayne because you know impulse engines aren't a thing you know it it, it, it's yeah it's absolutely ridiculous like well we're not going to talk to Mars anymore you know let's not talk to people in Jupiter it it doesn't it's so it's it's like they had no idea how how the Federation is structured and it it also there, there are the complications of well, what does that mean for the Romulans? Because the Romulans don't work with the lithium. They, you know, they use quantum singularities in their engines, don't they? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so, and then there's the Borg. I mean, transwarp, transwarp technology, which Voyager already pretty much pioneered. So the technologies, again, they just haven't paid attention to it. And it's, it's, it's such a cheap and lazy way of, and, I know what they're doing. They one, it makes it easier for them to not have to have too much new technology. It means you can mm-hmm. you, you can get around that quite a bit. So you're in a you're in a you know a, a declining cult, a, a decaying of decadence or whatever. They don't have that. They don't have the resources. So that that makes it easier. So they're going to go to a lot of junk planets and a lot of you know markets and and scrapyards, which is exactly what they do. And 
it what's the and it also makes it more like what they want it to actually be which is star wars they don't want to do star trek they want to do star wars um yes that's, that's what the mandate is with this it's that's 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 what this is all about it's more about focus more on adventure and shooting and and breakneck speed chases and that's that's what the priority is sorry I, you i'm interrupting you oh no no not at all no you're right you're right they do try to turn it into star wars and and the whole thing is just touching on that episode again yeah it's like whenever a, are they forgetting that whenever you're in a solar system you would not use your warp, warp drive. drive yeah yeah so it's when they enter a solar system they approach that planet using impulse and they're normally there within a good 15 minutes yeah yeah it's 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 not it's not it, it's also something to be taken into account is that earth was the center of the federation it was a utopian society with unlimited resources as a result of that they they can make things out of thin air you know they've mm-hmm. they've they it's a utopia they won't there no no problems in there and even if the fleets got decimated that's not really going to affect the planet the planet yeah. should be completely self-sustaining because in order to become a member of the federation you have to have your shit sorted that's so, so no one's really the, the economies aren't getting affected in any way like that it just you know, it's a tragedy. It's a horrendous thing, but they're not. They're, it, it's not going to stop the power still running on the planet. So, and also, the next planet along has got a shipyard. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to get to the shipyard, although they destroyed that in Picard, didn't they? But you know, maybe they rebuilt it by then. I'm sure. I, I don't. After eight hundred years, I would have thought they would have rebuilt it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd have thought that too. Or relocated one into the same solar system. I mean, that's the great thing about having unlimited res- resources with 250 planets in your in your in your in your organization, all dedicated to the betterment of everyone's lives. You know, that's that's a great thing about utopian ideals. But you know, apparently, when random people come at you wearing helmets you know in spaceships you don't recognize you forget all about those things you've learned over centuries of development as a society you, you know because they're wearing helmets and so they're different and we can't trust them but thank goodness michael burnham suggested taking off their helmets yeah because didn't that fix all those problems and that's that's the most fucking stupid thing going the the, the idea that the federation would let the colonies within its own solar the earth would let the own colonies within yeah. its own solar system go without food and energy and ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it, it it's it's just like you said in the solar system it technically doesn't matter it's like the difference of driving across america it it, it just it, the resources are still there you can help each other out it it makes no sense. I would have, you know, and Vulcan isn't that far from Earth, if I remember correctly, on the on the old map. So it isn't. No. So Vulcan's logic would be well, logic dictates that you know we maintain communication because we still have subspace communication, so we can still all talk to each other because we have subspace relay points. And then, none well, of that's, this is. Yeah. Sorry. That's what fucking wound me up, honestly, yeah. dude. Is it, yeah. the whole premise that because of the burn. No one decided to maintain their own subspace relays within their solar systems. Doesn't make 
sense. And look, we're talking about like something as big as the Federation. The subspace space relay stations are a fundamental part of how that organization works. You know, they're, yeah. they're peppered everywhere, as well as like space stations and various other things all along along the the borders. It's 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 insane. It's insane. And, uh, yeah. and that's ignoring. Uh, an extra 700 years of upgrades oh my them. god that's and that's that's one of the fundamental problems of the show they've not thought about the technologies and the, the things that are there and you, you get a brief look at earth with its defense force oh man so I, i've just remembered it There's, i try not to remember much of this show but when they go to earth the opening is well we'll go there but we'll we'll start off outside the solar system so we can scan it and slowly move in so we don't alert anyone make anyone react badly and then they go ahead and just appear right in front of the planet like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like they forgot the bit of dialogue that was literally said moments before this other scene and it it just the, the, there's no logic or intelligence in how this crew conducts itself in any way they don't they just don't seem to think all they do is just react and so awful so awful uh, i guess we better yeah. get to the best we get to get to the trill character what the, the thing is, right, I uh, initially, I feel that they, this was a really, really lazy attempt at placating, like, this is our first transgender character, because number one, no, non-binary character, I apologise, um, and Number one, it's not the first non-binary character oh, because we. No, it is not. No. N- no. no it's not. And and number two, they never even indicate that it's a non-binary character for at least like four or five episodes. Yeah. And the, the, okay, <sighs> I have a whole real big problem with how they treated this with regards to the trill symbiont Mm -hmm. because like unless they were going through like a meditative state or something the current host would never see the previous hosts no it was it was actually like they heavily cover that in deep space nine like that's not how it works like you said and then they decide that this a human who isn't in touch with the symbiont can then uh, like can now see hallucinations of uh, of their dead boyfriend and but not only that that then it's a sentient being enough that later on in the series it becomes corporeal via the magic planets holodeck yeah that Um, other people can interact with it yeah power of love mate power of love it's 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 real cw level writing you know what i mean by that like yeah one tree hill the the flash that sort of that sort of writing of like it they haven't really thought much about the logic of it it's more about oh the feelings that come with that and it you know maybe they could handle it in another sort of way and this would I mean, this would have been a one if, if if this was TNG or any other show, if the character started saying I'm talking to my dead boyfriend, they would be doing scans and they would immediately be checking on them. And if not, they would 
you know, they would be having counselling and being checked because they, this is not something you just accept, especially the situation they're on with a person they don't really know um, who started off being duplicitous in the first place. So it's, it's and, and as a character, she's... She, uh, they, sorry, I don't mean disrespect by it. I, I really don't. What I don't like is how they've been handled. I don't think this was written by people who really understand what they're supposed to be doing. And there's so much focus on having these characters be these be these representation. They haven't really thought about what these characters actually are. And from what I, if I remember correctly, it's a 16-year-old super genius who was married at 16 mm. and... Was she a super genius? Sorry, was that, were they a? I really don't mean that to be rude, but were they a super genius before then, or, or was it, or, or the is trill? it a result? Of, yeah. And now they they like you said they've confused what the trill is. It didn't need to be this convoluted and weird, and it it doesn't you know it doesn't really add anything to it. Yeah. No. And, so and, then, but, you know, whilst we're touching on the trill though, mm. the uh, I. F- I, I've touched on it in a previous episode, so I'm going to be repeating myself. However, I fucking hate what they've done with regards to the pools at the oh. Trill homeworld. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? I mean, seriously. Okay, yeah. right here goes back to one of your earlier points of no longer using effective away teams. I mean, they have yeah. a member of, uh, well, not the crew, but they have somebody with a medical need. Yeah. And the chief medical officer decides that, no, I'm not the best person to go down with you. I will send Michael Burnham because she has, wait, can she relate? I don't know. Can she relate? When has Michael Burnham ever been in this fucking situation that she's the best person for the job? It's so fucking weird. And he's like, and it's just his reasoning doesn't make any sense. I have a suggestion. Why don't you both go down? Just, just a thought. Why don't you both go down? Or here's an idea. Why don't you, why doesn't Saru give an order and you two bloody follow it? We'll get to those problems later on. But the doctor go, the doctor is so, he he's again he bears no resemblance to his season two version and there's a point where he's more like a ship's counselor and i'm not against that i i i actually think a ship's counselor is a from the from my teenage years to my older years i actually think a ship's counselor is an incredibly good addition to the star trek universe but i just yes it's so stupid um and we and this is before we get to what michael burnham then does later on in the pool Oh, one thing, one thing I did like, I did like that the Trill guards had giants, like had giant battle axe spears, like when they were in the future. And I was like, this is Star Trekky. I like this. I'm on board with this. <laughs> and it was, I just got quite like, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, I like this. But then Michael Burnham just kicked the crap out of them and phased them both because she had a gun and they had spears. So I'll give her that. I'll give her that. She she had the right thing. So they go to the cave and she's supposed to stand watch. But instead of standing watch, she holsters a weapon and just stands around. And then the guards coming and overpower them because she hasn't got a gun out, which which was incredible. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. Well, what a what an amazingly well thought out scene that was. Um, but then, you know, the trills having trouble because she she's 
you know, she obviously doesn't know what to do. And instead of the experts who live there, who know all about this, uh, Michael Burnham gets in there with them. Well, that's the thing. It's, it, it, <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. But also, they introduce this entire thing where to communicate with the symbionts, as you always have done, you get into the pool, yeah. you relax, you chill out. But now that human who has a symbiont in disappears into the pool. Yeah. Like the whole thing with, like, if you're going to do something like that, you didn't have to have them disappear into the pool. You could have had them, you could have just fucking zoomed in into their eyes and then had a, like, inner brain experience. We've had plenty of episodes of Star Trek where you experience something inside a character's brain as a visual representation of what is going on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unrealistic that then, because then they disappear into the pool and Michael Burnham, as you said, the the person who has not got a fucking clue what is going on, jumps into the pool, lays back, has the same grey eye effect and then disappears into the pool, but disappears into their brain. Yeah, and just finds them right away. And everyone's like, I don't like it. They keep, if I stand here too long, they come and touch me. He goes, maybe you should let them touch you. Oh, I didn't think of that, Michael Burnham. Thank you. <laughs> it's all right. It's what I do. It's, it's like, you're welcome, Trills. And Trills, oh yeah, the Trills are racist now. You know, it's, it's like, what on earth is that? That's absolute trash. They would not be like that. The Trills, they've really ruined them, you know? And if, you're, if your population has been so decimated, you wouldn't, you would welcome back anything. Like it just it's awful that they and again it's just a meaningless Michael Burnham has to point out their wrong situation. They're like, Oh my goodness, we were so wrong, Michael Burnham. Thank you for showing us the way. We'll totally rejoin the Federation. It's like I don't think you're worthy of the Federation, to be perfectly honest, if you're acting that way. Yeah, it's <laughs> Because to be fair, as far as lifespans of symbionts go. They haven't got to wait that long before the symbiont needs a new host and you just ensure it's a trill. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And by the way, Riker had a trill in him. Mm-hmm. That, that was completely fine because, you know, and the, the trills, are, the trills are a Federation planet, which would mean that they would run under. It just, ah, oh, it's, it's just unnecessary. Uh, just, it, it really, it's really, really. Would they? Would they have rather that the symbiont die than it go into a human? Purity, mate. Apparently, that's it's all about purity. Even though the symbionts are sacred to them, and and it just doesn't. They would have been like, "Cheers for doing us a solid." Yeah. It, at worst case scenario, they'd be like, "Look, can you live on trill now?" I don't know, and I don't think that's an out-of-order thing to ask, to be honest. And if the show was better written, that's what probably she would do, because she'd want to learn how to become a better Trill. Or they'd send a representative to go with them, to to help them during that time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because at the beginning of the episode, when when they go to the Trill home, and the Trill are delighted with them. And I I actually was thinking, oh, this is nice. This is good. It's like, uh, this is, it was just nice. And then it just... Then it turned retarded, and yeah, it was. 
It's awful. I mean, it's not the worst planet in the Federation to be fucked up yet, though, is it, Wayne? We'll get to that one in a minute. Oh, no, there's plenty, plenty, especially of, like, founding fathers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so they get there, they, so they get the MacGuffin, so she's now like, yeah, I know the way, and they're like, okay, cool, well, let's go, and they find Starfleet, and, well, it's, it's, uh, it's a sorry sight, isn't it? It's a really, really sorry sight. I don't quite understand why they didn't just stay in the Earth solar system, um, but they've got so many enemies. Why don't, why don't the enemies go to Earth and attack it, if, so Earth can defend itself well against Osiris, but the, the Federation, the Starfleet can't? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. They'd have better chances with a planet helping them. Just, you know, cause yeah, why would they not? If they were going to fortify something, why would you not fortify your home solar system? Exactly. It doesn't, you know, the again, where you've got your shipyards and you've got your... It just, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, but then why if you if Starfleet was still there, mate, then they wouldn't be able to have a fight with Mars because one of them ships could have just sent over whatever they needed. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that entire episode wouldn't have existed, would it? That would have been that would have been a shame. We could have had another episode that dealt with interesting character development and or a good science fiction problem solving thing. But no, so so Starfleet is now. A, I didn't even understand what it was. Was it a space station floating in the middle of a bunch of ships? I, I, I it was so poorly described. I, I, I had to pause and look at the screen a few times, and I just everything was out of focus. Just shitty-looking spaceships. Nothing was noticeable. Yeah, well, that's the whole fucking thing. It's like when the uh, like people when I would watch an episode and then I would see it online. Oh, it's nice that they paid homage to Aaron Eisenberg. Oh, it's nice that they paid homage to Anton Yelchin. It's like, I didn't fucking see that. Yeah, I couldn't see anything. All I see was all were poorly rendered, white-looking spaceships with lights popping all over them, so I couldn't really make out their shape. And I love Federation Starship design. I love Starfleet, the, the, the aesthetic of it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it... it I was saying to you, like, one of the, um, um, we, when we, because when, we've ranted a lot about this to each other, um, I, I was saying to you, is like, what you, what they could have done was they could have had things like, all right, so they're desperate for starships, which is why Voyager's there, and even though we don't see Voyager properly, we just see part of its hull, you never see Voyager do anything, mm-hmm. but they already have those ships' designs and computer format or the models for them, so what I would say is if they're really desperate, Throw in a few sovereign class starships and a free and a few like um, maybe a few galaxy classes, and they're like, we're so desperate for resources, we're using these incredibly old ships, and that's like a that's a little nod to the old fan base because it's like <laughs> they're the, they're the obsolete technologies, and these were like the top being of the used line. As the frigates, and... yeah, like they're, they're the Miranda class of you know, like they're just that's because that's all they've got, you know, and it's like damn it, these ships don't even have this technology. It's like can't believe they used to function with that. And we're thinking about the Enterprise E here being like a rust bucket basically, and it, I don't know, that's just things like that would have been more interesting instead of. A group of guys looking through a window going, oh, my God, that looks like some kind of biological, technological thing. It's like, cool, can we see it? No? Oh, that would have cost money to do? All right, okay, cool, cool, that's fine. Can we can we see that? Voyager? Oh, we're not getting a whole shot of it? Couldn't get the rights, huh? Okay, that's fine. All right, this is good. This is really cool. All right. 
Yeah. Let's go and see Starfleet headquarters. So they meet Admiral Vance, and I I like Admiral Vance actually. If there was the one character in the series I actually quite liked, it was Admiral Vance because he he was the closest thing to a Star Trek character, you know, a Starfleet officer they had. I mean, well, you remembered his name. Yes, I did, didn't I? <laughs> good for him. I also thought he had magnificent hair and a beard, just, just a very pleasant man to look at. Um, and I liked his accent, so you know, yay. Um, and yeah, so he quite rightly doesn't know what to make of them. Um, sorry, do you mind me going on like this, mate? Or is you it you go, you yeah, yeah is it, right. go? All right, <laughs> do stop me if I go droning. Um, but yeah, he's and he quite rightly this ship turns out of nowhere because they have no record of it because they all promised to lie and pretend discovery got destroyed because that makes sense in season two. Um, and basically, he's going, I don't know who you are, I've got to check you out. And and there are, you know, it's understandable. They don't know what to what, what to make of them. And in perfectly honest, if this was TNG area, they would have absolutely, they, we would have had episodes of them being debriefed. Mm-hmm. And one thing that comes up is that, you know, the crew will be reassigned and you'll be split up and moved around. And they, and Saru and, uh, oh yeah, Michael Burnham's number two now. Sorry, number one. So Saru, yeah. oh, <laughs> sorry, this is an important thing. They vote Saru in as captain. So that's, you know, instead of using the chain of command, because they don't really know what that is, they vote Saru in, and Michael doesn't want to be captain because, you know, she she's a rebel who well, had multiple hairstyles. Thing. That's the whole thing. It's like, why is there an argument? Saru is the first officer. Yeah. So yeah. he's the first, he's the only person who we know has a rank. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, 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 it's absolutely... Yeah, like, and we don't even know the rank of all the others. We know Ensign Tilly and Commander Stamus, but Stamus is not a command like an actual leadership type person. He's a jackass, and you know he's a super genius, but he's also vitally important because. And yes, yeah, so we so we have them being not really getting a debrief. They're being talked at. Oh yeah, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta probably separate you. And I was like. I I actually don't agree that you separate the crew. They're dealing with enough shell shock as it is, and what what they need to be is stood down and given them you know given briefing, have a time jump or anything, and have them educated. But instead, they the the admiral just starts sending them on missions straight away. And the thing they should have done was he should have assigned a captain to to them from that era with a with a security officer and probably a small contingent of that era's Starfleet officers to bring them mm-hmm. up to speed. And to integrate them and to get them to go there. And you have automatically, from a writing point of view, a dynamic that's more interesting. You have, you know, from the perspective of the Discovery crew and these new people who are probably quite jaded, quite defensive. And the two of them can develop, the two groups can learn to work with each other. You know, um, but that doesn't remotely happen. Um, Instead, they just they just suddenly just give Discovery information when it needs it and they send them off. And it's. It's it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And the major problem, one one major problem, is that doctor should not be practicing medicine. He is nine hundred years out of date. That is that is <laughs> it's just an unthinkable thing. He's basically using leeches compared to compared to everyone else, but it just isn't thought. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're right. They would need retraining, especially. Well, no, they don't, mate, because they get given 
900 year new technology and know how to use it instantly. <laughs> oh, the fucking personal transporters. Oh, oh they make zero sense. They don't it's, even yeah. they don't even tell the bloody communicator where they want to go. No, they just give it a double tap and then they just pop off. And there's that hilarious running joke of the alien guy just popping up everywhere. It's hilarious because he keeps on turning up at inappropriate moments. Ha <laughs> ha! Isn't that clever? And it's also a tricorder. Um, we don't see any new phasers because that would require them to build new props. So they don't do that. Um, yeah, but they've still... got that thing with their hand. that They open their hand and it opens exactly where they want it to on exactly the right information yeah that they want without any sort of programming questioning nothing they don't even show what is actually projecting that shit no and this is this comes back to something that i i you and i like talked about is that and it's a major fundamental problem with the show if they're going to do this 900 years in the future what are the new technologies like the holodeck was an incredible game changer for tng changed everything and it's an it's a wonderful idea it's a wonderful piece of technology that allows for good storytelling in fun storytelling and led to the one of the greatest characters the doctor they led to things like that also massive missed opportunity to not have robert picardo mm-hmm. you know you know because we've sorry i've got to stay on track but i just remember giorgio's blinking powers um oh the, where she fucking malfunctions the yeah, bloody, uh, so, lie detector by blinking at it it's one of the worst things i've ever seen i mean it was so awful it's like oh what is that the hell um but yeah so the the technology they should be thinking about that and and what that what what the periods would be and what the technology would be and i would say like you would have things like um um uh contact lenses that actually have full-on access to your computers and you know give you blink technology and there's just ideas i would have it's like you would have mm-hmm. you know put you have your tricorder linked up to your eyewear so you can scan everything around you and you have instant communication i'm not against it all being you know all being centralized because that makes complete sense but you, you also you want to have stuff that's iconic and, and logical and it's like what you said immediately if they're just they're just they appears on the hand right away and it's just intuitive it's just ripping off Iron Man technology. Yeah, and the thing is, there's no explanation as to how any of it works whatsoever. It just works. Yeah. And the thing is, it, you're right. It's like we're getting into a situation now where augmented reality is becoming more of a thing. Absolutely, yeah. So I absolutely get that. However, it needs to have some form of common sense. Whether they're wearing like a fucking uh, yeah. glass, like bloody Wayoon wears yeah, in DS9, yeah. Yeah. or something else, there needs to be some form of common sense. Yes, yeah, there, there needs to have a functionality. It needs to be durable as well, because you know, it, yeah, it's it's, and it's none of it's there. None of it's been fought out. It's all it's all technology and ideas taken from things like Minority Report or, or or other science fiction shows that are vastly more inventive. And it's just, I, I do remember like when t- when the 2009 Star Trek was being made, they did say one of the hardest things was to make tricorders look modern. It's a real problem. Um, and and again, when you've got like the hollow the hollow emitters and everything, just doesn't. It just it doesn't seem to. There's just nothing new and exciting. There's nothing that really stands out. 
And to, to, to the point that even the... I hate the Discovery uniforms. I've said it to you before. I hate mm-hmm. them. Burnham looks like she's wearing trainers. And they're just... They're gaudy and they just look awful. But I truly hate the Starfleet future uniforms. They, they look like communists, communist Russia uniforms. They are dull, gray. They look like Thunderbirds, actually. You know, they're just terrible. If they wanted to, like, really pay homage to the previous series, could they not have, like, gave them very similar uniforms to, like, the time police yeah. and that, that come back? Yeah, that's that's a gr- that's that that would be awesome because that that uniform looks cool, you know. And if you want to go for that darker you look, that would be more interesting. And you're tying you're tying it more into that continuity, but, but I guess no, it's budgetary as well. So. And also, going to your thing of like, yeah, I think like technology like being installed in you to actually run it, like having like chips in your brains or whatever. Yeah. And like obviously you get close to a, a thing like with regards to the Borg and things yeah. of like where do you find that boundary? But then you could have had an entire episode dedicated or, or had it having a running thing over the thing of like a lot of the Discovery crew not wanting to have that's, this new tech. That's a really good idea. Like and 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 again, it's like if it was if if it was like older Star Trek, those debates and conversations would be had, and it would be the case of. It, it's been strong it's been well thought out and like the technology could run on like bioenergy like you know your body generates a field of energy that that power can run off and you know that's that's it's it, so you have to eat food to keep it going or whatever it, just and but you can also have the, the 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 ethical dilemma of it and i i personally think that is the next it's a stage of evolution with mankind because if it's improvement it's it, but then again see with this is already more interesting than three episodes of of uh, discovery and it just i think it's such a missed opportunity it's such a bad thing that that they, that they missed out on completely but what they did give us wayne was um separated the cells yeah the the ship no longer needs to be attached no what a what a completely pointless thing i mean of <laughs> That's what they thought would be good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not a good idea to have it so that one of your enemies could tractor one of your nacelles away from the ship, yeah, or or just fire a disruption beam between your ship and its nacelle. I I could just see like countless episodes in which that is a problem. I just it it's all it's a absolute it's a mind-bogglingly weird one. But in the final, just when she puts the bomb in the cell, but how does she get it there if it's not connected to, to the main body of the ship? No, she she clearly climbed up uh, like a, a, like a shaft and got yeah. there. But that shaft went across the tractor beam. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't even know what their own ideas are. Oh man, don't worry, don't worry, guys. We'll get to the turbo lift in a minute. Um, fuck the, me, the but, turbo lift. Uh, fucking, there's so much joy, isn't there? Um, but yeah, they, like, they've removed the tricorder now, though. We don't have that anymore. We don't have all of those things, and I, 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 I don't want to keep flogging a dead horse about it. But they were iconic parts of Star Trek, and TNG did a beautiful job reinventing it, and mm-hmm. they had a real opportunity to. 
add new dimensions to that and new elements and then it's completely missed and partly because i don't think they have the money to do it because you can tell that the budget has been horrendously slashed for this mm-hmm. so yeah so and there's no there no longer is a transporter room um but yeah i i think other technologies i think if they were in there's that tng episode when they introduced the idea that using warp technology actually damages subspace it damages damages mm-hmm. the fabric of space and it's like a it's like a, a, a an example of carbon based fuels that's that's what they're doing really with the story of it so yeah. i would i believe that the federation would put research into the development of better technology to travel by safer energy based technology which i think would be the transwarp drives or or alternative based fuels which would mean they could travel greater distances because by that point I'm not saying the Alpha, the Alpha Quadrant has been completely explored, but it's pretty much, you know, that's that's not really the area they explore anymore. And they can go further, thus telling newer stories with a uh, with a different diff- different political landscape. And that's 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 well, but, sorry, but also at this thought. point, would they not have investigated other technologies like, say, the caretakers? Uh, like huge uh, transport technologies or the technology that that planet in Voyager had where they could transport like 20,000 light years. Yeah, that's exactly what, because you would have, I'm not saying that the Alpha Legion, Alpha, sorry, the Alpha Quadrant would become fully the Federation, but at that point I would think that they can transport themselves. And that's another thing, like, transporting entire ships would be the thing like you did sorry way like you're saying that that would be something i think they would have developed in order to make journeys easier so they can send them out further and then the ship makes its own way makes its own way out while it's out there and it's it's a better way of exploration a new developed way you still have to journey for ways and it doesn't take away this that part of star trek but it's um it's it's way more interesting you know if they had if they had fucking big like space stations that like uh, positioned every yes 10 15 thousand light years that were like hubs exactly yeah yeah that's that's exactly like i i've got i've got my own um i've got my fan script about uh, a kind of quasi sequel to voyager way in which kind of utilizes that sort of idea where uh (laughs) where the so basically, the Talaxians are going to join the Federation, and they need to set up a way of getting around. But anyway, <laughs> just, just kind of, oh man, I just yeah, I, I, that, this I think this is an extremely important thing that they've gone wrong, but because they want to reduce, they, they want to bring everyone down technologically so that they can tell their stories the way they want to tell them. They they don't care about that sort of stuff. It's all about like you know spaceship battles. And and yeah, it's, it's just such a shame. It's it's such a shame that we're not we didn't get to have that. Well, I know we're going all over the place. Yeah, that's fine. So, seeing as we're fucking going all over the place, mm-hmm. I can't hold back any fucking longer. Let it go. Let it so, go. If you haven't seen the finale, go and watch it, and then come back. <laughs> You're fucking telling me. That to burn this big event that destroyed all the dilithium in the known galaxy was caused by a little boy screaming so loud on this magic planet that it destroyed all dilithium. Yep. Fuck off. <laughs> 
Oh, didn't you hear the doctor's explanation? It was completely logical. I know, but that's why after you're talking <laughs> earlier, I'm, I've been cocking this over in my head because season one, Dr. Colbert was one of my favourite characters. Yeah, then a season two, season two, I was like, oh, they're ruining him. And now I just think he's a quack. <laughs> yeah, he's... um. Yeah, he's terrible. It's just that whole line though. That whole that whole sequence is so bad. Like, and before I even care, but Saru's character is ruined by it as well because he goes from someone who's slowly becoming a good captain, and they they did show it to becoming frankly compromised. Even the admiral says you look compromised in this, and it's just oh, it's so bad. The burn is trash. The burn is such a disappointing idea. It's it's. At least it wasn't Michael Burnham's mum, which I really thought it was going to be. I thought she, because she's teleported in the future and she would have caused the explosion or something. But I, I know, funnily enough, when because Jude hasn't gave two shits about um, spoilers with it, it, so he's he he doesn't want to watch it whatsoever. Yeah. And I just said to him, "Okay, mate, take a guess at what the burn was caused by." <laughs> and his first thing was Michael Burnham. <laughs> That's what everybody thought. I, but there was a good chance it was going to be. There, there was a, there, there just really did seem like there was a good chance that was going to be the case. <sighs> it was but so no, honestly, disappointing. Yeah, but mm. not only is the concept stupid, but the fucking origin is even stupider. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, it makes no sense. And that entire last episode. Is a clusterfuck. Oh my goodness, is it mess. bad? It's it's so bad. Like, hey, do you remember the wheelchair bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> You're in the future, mate. You can have robot legs. What the hell is this crap? <laughs> I'm a super genius who likes to listen to classical music. It's like, okay, mate, all right. Oh, but mate, and also they've because it's like them, like them three episodes, last three episodes, I watched back to back. So oh, it was mate, like you, it was. You might have Wayne. You might have cancer. It, I definitely <laughs> fucking do because that is a triad of shit. Oh, and a triad of shit. <laughs> and. The whole concept's right is, okay, your ship is being attacked by by uh, people that you know are your enemies. You are being boarded. At what point was it not a good idea to set the fucking self-destruct, seeing as you have the most important mm. ship in the fleet, apparently? Yep. It's... <laughs> or at least... Have all your crew carrying phasers. Have everyone armed and ready because of a battle station alert. You know, just it. It. <laughs> Should we? I mean, so. But also, when you do escape from being captured, no one is shooting to kill. No. You've it's one been, time. You've been fucking boarded. You've been fucking boarded. You take all of their lives. You do not discriminate. No, no, it's it, and it's not like you could really tell the difference because did you notice they all had to wear mel- motorcycle helmets? Yeah. It's almost as if like to save money on the on the costume designs and everything. I guess the Cyrus's makeup took up all the budget. Oh, it's um, a save actually hiring more than four extras. Oh yeah, that's that that's that as well. Yeah, yeah, just it's so crap. Oh my 
God. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, as you put it very well, it's a clusterfuck and it's, it's nonsensical. Um, it's stupidly violent. Um, um, but oh, it's that classic thing they like to do at the end of each of their seasons, though, where everybody comes to help them. So do you remember when they had to go to the future so that the sphere data wouldn't combine with an artificial intelligence and thus destroy all, all things in the universe? <sighs> that was that was their reason for going there, even though they killed the artificial intelligence, thus saving the universe. But that doesn't matter. So do you remember when the sphere data combined with Discovery's artificial intelligence and thus, in, uh, thus formed its own life form and no one batted an eyelid? No that one was thought. what they were going to the future to stop. stop. Yeah, so the thing that they were trying to stop has now happened to Discovery. But it's okay, though, because it's showing excerpts from 1940s comedy shows. Because, you know, apparently they couldn't get Seinfeld. It's, it's just absolutely, like, it's so... Or, and they don't really do anything with it. But Saru's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. I you know, I'm going to have a dinner party with my crew while they have nervous breakdowns. And, you know, for some reason, Giorgio is going to be there, even though she's space Hitler. She yeah, is a mass. Never... <laughs> she... <laughs> oh. We haven't even got to the Mirror Universe episodes. <laughs> oh, but with regards to the AI, they never even fucking address it for half the season. No, they don't. It's just something that's kind of in the background until it suddenly turns up as a cheeky little robot to half-heart to, to half-heartedly help them i mean why didn't that one carry the thing right away instead of they make a big thing about running out of oxygen i mean yeah it's, it's just it's another plot point like another thing that is an ethical dilemma a situation with is it right to have a ship that's alive which is effectively what they're saying i don't think it is that you need to think about the the moral ramifications of that and it's, it's, it, it would have been an episode. It could, it's, it's so bad. It's really, really bad. And, and, and these are things they don't really tell the Admiral because they don't tell, they don't have briefings when they talk. And the Admiral's like, by the way, he has like a meeting with all the Admirals with Saru there. And he's like, yeah, Discovery's got a spore drive, but this doesn't leave that room. But everybody already knows. Everybody knows about the fucking spore drive. They're so. jumping left, right, and centre. Yeah, they're going everywhere. They're like, you know, so that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything. And so let's let's get to the thing that really bothers me. And one thing I've noticed that a lot of um, uh, I've gone on for uh, not forums like on on comments pages and stuff on everything that's been said. And you've seen some pretty vile stuff on there. Um, but what I've seen with the general reasonable people who like us who are really disappointed with the show the probably the fundamental problem is the complete lack of professional conduct of the crew and in particular a near to non-existent hierarchy this is a military a quasi-military organization that has been written by people who don't understand the structure well how that works and I, i i think it is absolutely paramount to star trek that they are professional in all things their conduct is they, the, the emotions do not have a place when you're in an op, when you're when you're commissioned on a mission. I understand that you care about people and you want to help them, but you you crack on with your task and you do your role and you don't question your orders and you don't stand around and have heartfelt talks during things. You crack on and then you deal with it afterwards. It is something that is is always been what Star Trek is about and Discovery's always been doing it wrong like that. But this season's been unbelievable. Like, 
unbearable how bad it is. And the culprit has always been Michael Burnham. And the episode in which she did when she disobeys Saru's orders, goes off and does her own thing to rescue Book, comes back and she gets a proper bollocking. And it's like, good, this needs to happen. Not before she has the most awkward elevator kiss scene with Book I've ever seen. It's so bad, that scene. And it's interrupted by the teleporting joke, but it's so bad. But what really angers me is that after Vance gives her and Saru a bollocking about it, then Saru's like, you're no longer my number one. You are, you'll still have your rank, but you will no longer have your position. And as he walks away, Burnham just says, Saru, you're doing the right thing. And it's like, fuck you, Michael Burnham, you psychopath, you sociopath. You just, you, she has to have the last word to prove herself to be right. And if she had pulled that shit with Benjamin Sisko or Picard or Janeway, she would have had her ass torn out. Like, just absolutely, it so irritated me, that scene. It angered me so much. But then in every other episode, she's in every meeting still. Mm-hmm. She's got all of the, she is, she, sorry, I'm just, it makes me so angry. That no, she, no shouldn't be a senior, she shouldn't be a senior member of the crew, so she should not be involved in any of those meetings. No, absolutely not. She's lost that opportunity, sorry, lost that right. And no, the show doesn't do anything about it. There she is. And like the following episode is the Vulcan episode, I think. And she just straight away is telling the Admiral what to do again. Because the writers are so in love with her that she doesn't have to conduct herself as a Starfleet officer because they don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's so infuriating. And which leads to the most ridiculous thing of all time, Tilly becoming a first officer and thus becoming captain to the point where she is again voted in by her colleagues that's not how it works it's no it's fucking ridiculous at what point did any of why was there not one member of that crew was like are you seeing this shit yeah i'm not cool with that I've been in Starfleet for the better part of 10 years. It's like the fuck. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's the equivalent of Wesley Crusher being given Riker's role. That is, that is the equivalent of this. I would, And I never thought I'd say this, but she ain't no Wesley Crusher. At least he's got skills. <laughs> you know, I, just, I never thought I'd say this. Yeah. But... Can you imagine O'Brien being okay if uh, Cisco was like, just let you know everyone nog is now first officer <laughs> it's like chief of operations chief you you can still make the tea yeah, but <laughs> honestly no, but just his personality alone o'brien would have lost his shit wolf yeah. would have been breaking things <laughs> he would he'd be going crazy what is this you dishonored to... this uniform <laughs> I will not take orders from a smaller person. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's fantasy garbage. And like Nog is the shining example of how you do it. Nog is, you know, he's elevated in the ranks because of the war and stuff. But Nog is a, Nog is still not a commanding officer. He doesn't, he doesn't have the scout skill set for it because he doesn't have the experience. And that's what makes a commanding officer. And it's, it's such trash 
that she's like, I'm nervous to be to be in command of the ship. You should not be in command of the ship when you were going into an extremely dangerous situation. Why the hell are you not giving better commanders to her? You have that. You have that security, the woman who's a security officer working for um, working for Vance. She's the only one that they introduce. She should be going there. Make her the captain. Well, bloody, hell, it's it's so stupid. And 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 she's oh, she's terrible in the role as well. It's not even they don't even make. Oh, there's the bit when she's sort of bantering with Osiris, who's a crap character, by the way, but. It's just these two women being snarky to each other and the crew's all just like being smug and giving winks at each other while she's doing it. And it's just the lack of professionalism of that. And just it's so it's just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And yeah. and, I mean, and Osiris takes them down like punks. Sorry, Wayne, you're saying. No, 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 no. She does. She does. She fucking does. And it's like the, the TNG even like revolt like it dedicates a later episode specifically to like the grueling task of getting in a position where you can command the ship where troy is taking her yeah command training that's an excellent that's an excellent episode it's really good that one and that comes about from the episode where troy unintentionally becomes the first officer because Mm -hmm. o'brien says it and you see the tension of that. Yeah, it's 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 that's a really good way of how they did it. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. episode where she has to take command as first officer because she's the most senior ranking yeah, yeah. member, and she's got like the fucking ensigns and lieutenant commanders and like, going like, no, she's counselor. Yeah. Fuck her. And, then, like... and O'Brien, who doesn't actually have a rank because he's not he's not an officer. Is mm-hmm. the one who points out that she's the one in charge, and they're like, "Fuck, yeah, she is." And they, and you know what? They get a little snarky at first. Ensign Rose being Ensign Rowe, but that's yeah. what she does. But she, but she, ultimately, Troy does it, and she does the job right, and she does it. You know, it's stressful, but it's a believable situation because she's not an idiot. You know, yeah. she's. It, it is ridiculous that Tilly would be placed in that charge when she has no battlefield experience. She has not commanded the ship. It is utterly ridiculous. You know. But don't worry, she's got the little nipple to rub when she's in trouble. Oh, absolute fucking garbage. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, rubbing that under there. That's that's. That's gonna soothe everything. Yeah, soothe it all. Don't worry, be there the whole time and just be snarky and make cool backhanded comments. Oh, by the way, uh, Discovery's got a cloaking device. <laughs> Let's just throw that in there. I mean, I I actually was. I think I yeah. said to you in text. We actually were. <laughs> I fucking forgot. They never even. They never even fucking mentioned until that point that they had installed a cloaking device. <laughs> no, no, it's just. Oh yeah, we got a cloaking device now. Click, and it's just instantaneous, and it's it's. <laughs> so, so why, whenever they're getting approached by anyone else that ever gave them bother would they not go okay then we're gonna go into this situation cloaked yeah like all the time wayne just going all the time and so fucking stupid like can you imagine the tactical superiority of having a spore drive and the ability to stay cloaked it just i because you'd be like okay then we're gonna jump in behind that moon whack on the cloak and we'll be fine yeah absolutely great go and beam in go out right spore drive Black alert. Boom. Go. Should we talk about how they make no effort to try and duplicate the spore drive? 
They're just, yeah, the there's not enough you, time, apparently. No, honestly, that Starfleet, cap, uh, that Starfleet Admiral should have said Discovery is not leaving. Yeah. It, it, we have to dissect this ship until we can... It, seeing as we have no other means of transportation, um, we have to replicate this. Yeah, and we... And it's 900 years in the future and we have super geniuses, so it's fine. Hey, do you remember when the when the um, tra- when the trans non-binary character um, just the traveler. what the, the the sorry? Oh, uh, sorry, I thought you were talking about the traveler. Oh, oh no, no, you're talking about the trill. Yeah, the non-binary non-trill just just decides to upgrade Stamus's interface without checking with anyone. Just went ahead and did it. And just built new interfaces. Just did it because you're allowed to do that. Because, you know, I think she'd be... Because she's a super genius. She's 16 years old, so she can do everything. Everyone's a super genius. Except that they're all over-emotional morons. Oh, the thing is, right? Yeah. There's so much that... uh, I I have all of these thoughts that just keep on spewing out of my brain. And it can't process them quick enough. That's all right, mate. I've made lists, so like we're 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 getting really we're really getting getting into to that. But it's like again, like you've so here's another one. The so you've got you've got a diverse, interesting collection of crew members. Um, I I actually don't mind. I didn't really mind in for one second that there is a minimal amount of white male characters. I have no problem with that at all. Look, for I I don't I don't care about I, what I care about characters. I like my favorite captain is Benjamin Cisco. And I like Cisco mm-hmm. for who he is. I, I, I really, I, I just gen, I think he's an amazing captain. He and he works on so many levels. And that's, and and before before you go into his 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 color and his race, you know that doesn't that's never really that's just one aspect of him that I really like. I adore Janeway after watching all of Voyager recently. I I love her character because she's actually flawed in many ways, mm-hmm. but she's also uh, fundamentally is a good person. Um, and but also, and she other... runs that balance of actually being a very caring, very mm. nurturing person, whilst being the utmost professional. Yeah, she's that's abs- yeah, she balances being the mother, but also yeah, being that being that being that paragon of what Starfleet or what the uniform should be. But um, sorry, right, I, I just I, I lost my lost my train where I was going with this. Um, uh, what was I saying? Sorry. Okay. How wonderful. Oh yeah, the rep- so it's the representation, representation. on the cruise, and that's great. Like I said, if they actually had characters, like if they they, they developed them, that would be fine. But something I found really kind of nasty was the segregation of the characters in this, and I'm talking about how the black characters only interacted with each other, and the LGBT characters only interacted with each other. Like they don't have any teamwork going on with the rest of the crew. They are only it's only Book and Michael off on adventures. The the really clunky um, Stamus and the Doctor becoming surrogate parents to to the Trill, and they don't do any other interaction with with the rest of rest of the crew. And it's it really stuck out to me. I found it really quite off putting because it shouldn't. They should all be just working together, you know. It, mm-hmm. it just, it, it just really, really, just, just missed opportunities because they're so focused on having that representation that they're not even really thinking about the fact that the idea is in Star Trek that 
everyone is equal. There is no issues with gender or race. They, we, we're, we're way past that crap. We, we literally, it's, it's, such a, it's such a ridiculous notion to us now that we are now at a, we're, we're now at a, just, you just work together, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. Honestly, until you had pointed it out to me, I didn't notice it as much. But then going forward, I did notice uh, like just how much Stamets and um, Colbert and and I can never remember their name, uh, yeah. the Human Trill, um, would only really interact with each other. Yeah. For ninety percent of the time. I mean, hell, why would Colbert not be able to? Where are all of the? I tell you what, I miss is I miss, uh, like long heartfelt conversations between different people, but not just crying. Yeah. I mean, like dissecting their actual problems, but like discussing it with other crew members. Yeah. That was, like, that was the best part. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, go on. No, 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 you got you, Karen. No, because it's like when when there like would be an issue, you, uh, like it, why would Colbert not be able to be talking to one of the uh, other crew members that we don't know their names and be yeah. discussing it? Yeah, it's it's it. And, and again, you're developing those characters and those rapports, and it's it's how you it's how you get things like well, like the lower decks episode of um, where I've got the nurse, who's Beverly's um, number two, um, and she's been developed the whole way through. She's in the background, and she gains more, more, more in, in the yeah. It's just they just they they don't. I don't think I see them interact with anyone outside of when not because always in the engine room. They're not. They're never really having staff meetings, or there's never a staff meeting. That's really. That's really something that sticks out. They never have a sit down at the table and go through. Well, what are the options? How are we going to deal with this? The only conversations they have are in corridors between each other, and it. It's really. It's just. It's bad. There's no teamwork. They're just. They're just. They're, oh, there. There is one scene when Book decides he's suddenly going to be. He's going to be a Starfleet. He's going to be a Starfleet guy, and someone says to him you've got to start reading the manuals and you've got a bit when they're working at, oh my god the distress, just... sig- the distress signal sorry Wayne yeah. oh no no go for it go for it the, the distress signal from the Kelpian ship that's encoded what the fuck is that why would you yeah. send a distress signal that's encoded so you'd be sending it in every single <laughs> fucking language <laughs> Especially as they've established that the Kelpians are a member of the Federation. Yeah, it doesn't make any, but it's a mystery box within a mystery box because this is this is Alex Kurtzman Star Trek. It's got a mystery boxes everywhere. So you have this scene where they're trying to work it out, and super genius Trill um, has worked out an algorithm that will slowly make it the decoding because nobody else can do it. So my God, she's some kind of genius. So she's got that happening, um, and. And then you've got, I can't remember her name, the snarky one who joins the crew randomly and becomes Stamus's kind of um, foil. Yeah. Um, so she, she, the other engineer. Yeah, so she, who comes and goes, regardless, if, depending on if the plot needs her. Um, and so she, Stamus is like being Stamus, and she comes and starts bickering with him while they're planning stuff out. She's eating like a, a sweet. 
and someone's like, you're not supposed to eat food in here. It's not, it's not food, it's candy. It's like, it should be, it should be mandatory or something witty like that. And it's like, everyone's, everyone keeps entering the room going, you shouldn't be eating in here. And then book turns up and goes, I read the manual. I know how to do everything now, guys. Don't worry. And it's like, this is, this is how it is in this show. You, you don't get Geordie and Data just, you know, just bickering around or being silly. They, they are absolutely professional. You know, they have little conversations when they're doing stuff, which is the best stuff. Like, you know, little observations between each other. But they, you know, they, they, they'll have their meeting with the captain and they'll crack on and do that. And what you, what you had with this scene was just, they're all just, they're having sort of the closest thing to a staff meeting they see, they have the entire season. It's just the engineering crew in there. And you've got Tilly and, and Stamus and, and, and um, oh, I've forgotten her name now, the, the, the snarky one, just mm-hmm. having, their, having, have, having their sort of bickering, bantering, we're working out how to get this, this, this encrypted, <laughs> this encrypted message. And, and, um, and it's just book just comes in and just suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, I've read the manual. I know how to do it now. And it's like anyone just does whatever the hell they want. They just come on and they just do whatever the hell they want. And there's no respect for anyone else's roles. They just, you know, I know how to do this. Shut up. It's faster. This. Actually, you know what? I don't mm. like Admiral Vance at all. I think he's a fool. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a pushover. Yeah, he's a complete pushover and fool. He should be absolutely cracking the whip. Uh, and it's just. Uh, uh, mate, honestly, but before it leaves my head mm-hmm. you have touched on something that i think is perfect to touch on right now yep about how um people suddenly learn new skills and in particular how book suddenly learns yeah. new skills he read the manual mate he read he, the manual <laughs> he, okay so book can now communicate oh. With the tardigrades and the fungus that the the stupid spore drive works from, and he can just ask ask the mycelial network, please take us here. No no sort of even connection to anything. Just standing there hoping. Do you remember when he and his brother saved the planet with the power of friendship? Yeah. Oh, that was fucking ridiculous as well. So bad. Oh my god, that episode. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he's yeah, because he's because he's he's the sec he's the bo- he's the girlfriend of Michael Burnham. You know, he's 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 the damsel in distress, but has the power of empathy and all that crap. Um, just it's so it's again, it's like there's no science or some concept of science. It's it's magic. They don't have enough. There's no scientists or people who have any understand background in science working on that show. They have no consultants or anyone there to to think through what they're doing or what they're saying. They're just they're using magic. Like everything is, just is Harry Potter in space. Yes, that is exactly what it is. It is Harry Potter in space where everything just it works. Don't worry about it. There's no explanation as to what it is. Like the, what, we, one thing we left with the technology, what is it? Programmable matter, nanobots, basically. Yeah. That should be a big deal. Like, but that should be something that's quite a lot of focus on, but they don't go into that a lot. You know, we just, we, we just briefly see them build a bed for that idiot who waited out there for 40 years on his own. At least that's the most usage of that technology I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. It's trash, absolute trash. Um, there's. Uh, should we? Should we? Uh, should we talk about Vulcan? 
Yeah. I don't. We won't dwell on it too long. It's ridiculous. It's it's awful. It's again, it's awful. How dare they use footage of Leonard Nimoy? Just yeah. How dare you? Well, they they had the fucking as soon as I saw that the episode was called Unification Three. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, just the shit has to quote <laughs> Picard the sheer fucking hubris to yeah. do that. It's so. <laughs> And it's like the Vulcans aren't Vulcans in that. They're they're quite emotional and bitter. Um, yep. The Romulans don't really make sense. It sound I can't remember what they've called it. It sounds terrible. I can't remember what it was. It's no longer called Vulcan. Um, but it's why, like the, yeah, you would change the name of the home world because other people have come to live with you. Yeah doesn't that doesn't really make sense like you'd still call it vulcan i know romulus has been destroyed because of your shit writing but the romulan star empire would still exist well where, that's the thing where's the romulan star empire where is the romulus was of- destroyed however uh yeah <laughs> it's a pretty big empire yeah. yeah they were they were the third power of the alpha quadrant like you know actually probably the second like because they would have developed better in the klingons <laughs> not even a sign of the Klingons, um, but yeah. So, the, so what's happening with the Romulans? And again, I, I'm, we're being uber geeks, but that's what we are. Well, the Romulans wouldn't really be affected by the burn. They they should be the most powerful element of the Alpha Quadrant mm-hmm. yeah, because they don't use they don't use those drives. So, but no, because the writers aren't the writers aren't interested in any of that. They aren't interested in that that preset story. They want to tell their stories. Um, about Book and Michael Burnham, like, running around shooting people. And, I mean, so Michael Burnham's mum is is a ninja warrior now. Oh, fuck. Oh. So she's, she's like that, that, that yes. group of stupid warrior nuns they brought in in Picard. She's, she's there. And oh. Michael Burnham is literally a messiah figure to them because she's the sister of Spock. It's... And, and, and so she, she declared, so she, again, like, without checking with Saru, declares, after this is after her bollocking, so just declares some kind of legal thing where the Vulcans keep on, like, telling her, oh, you're doing, you know, they're judging her and saying what you're saying, and her mum's like, the whole thing is so she can have an argument with her mum. The whole thing is made about Michael Burnham, the whole thing. There's nothing else are really what it's about and the 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 idea is that the vulcans are are bitter because for some reason the federation blames them for fate for for the burn which is trite it doesn't make any sense at all um uh, it was awful and they clearly don't have any money for it because they just have it all set on discovery it's it's just tedious and awful absolutely awful um you've ruined you've ruined one of the greatest parts of star trek the vulcans you've ruined them it makes zero zero sense yeah it, 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 well the, the, that is pretty much season three down to a t it makes no sense no no it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all and <sighs> to be honest it makes season two look great yeah well the one thing that season two has is pike at least you know yeah he's 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 legitimately really good um you know but the but 
in, and season two doesn't really make much sense when I think about it, but it still makes more oh, sense. Oh, season than, two makes no fucking uh, sense, especially the whole AI bullshit. No, it's garbage. At least they didn't try and make them the Borg. But um, but just I think the writing of this is like the scope of the Star Trek universe has been shrunk. It's like there's it, it, there's like there's only a handful of planets in this universe, and there's very few places of interest. And this this is not the case. The Avar Quadrant is a huge place, which is predominantly where this is set. And there's tons of cultures and places they could have gone to. Um, but yeah, they just they don't really seem to to care about that at all. And that episode just it really left a nasty taste in my mouth. Um, it anyone who thinks that that is an acceptable um it's just an acceptable story for for one of the great great parts of star trek was just absolutely awful um yeah it just yeah just really left a nasty taste in my mouth um just showed a, a lack of understanding of what vulcans are and that's just really sad um just, yeah just uh, absolutely, yeah, really, really awful. Uh, what else is a? Uh, what else what's... haven't we shit on yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'd like, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much because I, I, the agenda politics really annoys me. Um, because it's more important than the science fiction and the stories and a lot of the, like again, like those two new characters are purely there for ticking boxes and they are they don't really feel like characters to me um mm-hmm. just, and it's it's just again like other things could have been focused on the rest of the crew could have been focused on and seeing them interacting with the rest of the crew would have would have been a nicer thing um this the action the action is really awful like the fight scenes between everyone like you have Giorgio and Burnham just can take on 10 men at once like backflips and kicking they fight like black widow from the avengers you know and it's it's that's not what star trek is there was a there's an element of realism with the fighting and stuff i mean um i wouldn't say the combat is the most exciting but i there was an element to star trek that kind of worked there and it's just it's just horribly violent um the episode when she rescues book from the uh the internment cap where they steal that bomb exploding bomb thing from running man because they don't have an original idea they steal ideas from everything i think the plot's from something else as well i think it was from andromeda mm-hmm. uh, i've heard that that's that's what they've stolen the plot from but the ending of that episode they kill everyone uh, they calm down and they kill everyone they shoot everyone like they blow up all the ships they shoot at everything that's there and that's not star trek you know, it's not, mm-hmm. not that's that's not the solution to it. Which I guess the Emerald Chain. So, what are your thoughts? I couldn't give two shits. It's just it's so bland, it's, boring. Yeah, it's like the giant spaceship that ate other spaceships. Oh, that is fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> that is ridiculous in the sense. Of what winds me up most with that? Okay, fine. Have a huge spaceship that is almost like a like mobile starbase okay um however in that last episode when discovery falls out of warp (laughs) that ship just scoops it up within 20 seconds oh yeah yeah it does doesn't it and it's it's so stupid oh and there's a bit when they're like 
Oh, then they're like, let's dump the warp core inside the ship. And then, like, wheelchair scientist guys goes, there's a way. If you time it right, you might be able to get it. You can ride the wave or something like that. It's like, you what? can, yeah, ride the wave and then jump out of here whilst Book is sitting there hoping. Right. And just bear this in mind. He didn't know that Osiris was evil. You know, he... <laughs> So I'm not trusting this guy to know shit about a warp core explosion that I can ride like a surfer with the power of friendship at my help. It, 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 it's, it's nonsense. It's absolute fucking nonsense. Here's an idea. Why don't you use your t- photon torpedoes and your phaser banks to cut our way out of the ship? He's- oh, but also, whilst we're touching on that, that last fucking episode... Uh, not uh, it, uh, right. It might not have been the last one, but when Osiris had overtaken the ship, yeah. and when Starfleet finally starts attacking them, are you telling me that Discovery could not take? It was able to survive the absolute onslaught that would have happened God. from all of those ships. They were surrounded. There was at least 10 ships surrounding it. It didn't stand a chance. To me, it looked more like 30. Yeah, probably was. But no, they did No, it just kind of... No, it just can survive it. And it, it would have been out within seconds. Yeah, it just, it's absolute... Just tr- because apparently they've upgraded it so much. It's a tiny ship. Energy. St- it, 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 oh my god! It's so bad. The Voyager's going to take point on it. Oh, oh! I remember Voyager. Yeah. Are we going to see it? No. No. No, no. no. no money for that. Yeah, no. 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 We just show How- like, some shiny photon torpedoes hitting Discovery rather than the actual ships doing any you know- sort of maneuvering. You know what would have been cool if Robert Picardo was the captain of Voyager? <laughs> hologram captain. That'd be awesome. Oh, no, sorry. I shouldn't think about fun things, should I? Because, no, you know, fucking fun is not allowed. Uh, but, but one thing, before we go, dude, mm. before we round this up, yeah, let's discuss the Guardian of Forever. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit. The, let's get this mirror universe trash out of the way, should we? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, how was it for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least it wasn't a free parter like the ending. <laughs> was it a free part? I can't even remember. Just, okay, all of the last three episodes all tied straight into one another. Yeah. The the Guardian of Forever. Oh, man, you could just hear them all jerking each other off in the writer's room with that, didn't you? Couldn't you? They're like, oh, man, we're so brilliant. Such geniuses. I had a conversation online with someone because I don't I think Giorgio should be executed or should be in prison for the rest of her life. That woman should not have any role in that show. I don't care. I love Michelle. Yeoh. I love that woman. But she is Hitler in space. She yeah. has murdered and taken part in genocide and massacred anyone that she disagrees with. She is the antithesis of everything that is wrong with, you know. <laughs> but no, she's cool. she's cool and she says fun stuff. So it's okay. It, yeah. It's not okay. It, no. it's, she's, she's got an obsession with Michael. She's yeah. like the Reuters. Um, so, yeah, so she's... she's um. It's, not, it's what's his name, Cronenberg, isn't it? Who's just the scientist guy with the glasses. And near to what I can tell, he just walked on the set and was like, yeah, I'll be in this. And he's, <laughs> quite, 
it's just like yeah i don't give a fuck i'll do whatever what yeah you can pay me i'm so high i can't even tell um and he and he's uh, yeah and he, he's it, I, that's a kind of quasi interesting scene with her and i thought he fucked her up in the interview room or something but you know after she ruined his holograms with her blinking mm-hmm. um so she's she's so the mirror universe has grown too far apart from their the the prime time timeline i choose to believe this is the kelvin timeline by the way i i, I fucking i fucking hate that this is part of what i loved um but so she's dying because she's 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 doing because they don't have an original idea she's doing into the spider-verse you know how they can't stay too long in that reality yeah um so, yeah, you know, so they're taking a better, a better movie idea in there, milking that. So she's got to find a way, and I don't even remember how they get to the. They just find a planet where she can. Oh yeah, they ask the computer. They ask the artificial but, intelligence yeah, computer, yeah. and they get well smug about it. Cause, <laughs> see, we find out, and Burnham and Giorgio beam down there, and. The Guardian. They've got they got a guy from the 1950s smoking a cigar, going, "All right, hey, what it be, Mac?" I was waiting um, for him to be a Q. Right. Oh, oh, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a Q, and I was like, "Okay, no." Yeah. yeah it's Guardian forever. And then they try and they clearly have been like, people are going to complain about Enterprise and the and the temporal time war and the fact that there are time agencies and stuff. Yeah, we banned it. We banned all time travel. It's not allowed now. How are you going to enforce that, guys? How does that work? That doesn't. Yeah. That's it, it's, it's it's a galactic treaty where you're going to have it. Oh, that's fine. So the Guardian Forever's had a bad time. He's been like living in exile and stuff, and for some reason he, <sighs> yeah, Georgia has to walk through the door, and it's all very interesting and cool. And she's straight off into the mirror universe um, with a massively reduced budget, where they talk about people like Lorca, but we never see Lorca because they can't afford him. Or oh, they talk about you know the ship the super ship that she has built but we don't see it because that would cost money and it's just her on discovery i mean it's quite nice because we basically watch michael burnham get tortured for an entire episode um Mm -hmm. and it's just sitting in prison cells and double crossing and so giorgio's plan is to not kill michael and show her compassion and try and save her by having michael kill everyone that's that's her solution to prove that she's now good by mm-hmm. include by utilizing mass murder to prove to prove that Michael's okay or something, and then ends up they just end up killing each other. What is what is the story here? Like Giorgio's still primary means of solving problems is murder. Yeah, no, it's I took nothing away from these two episodes. Yeah, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. I found it just fucking boring. Yeah. And and lazy as well because it's just like it, when you, when you're stuck in a rut, whack in a mirror episode, mirror yeah. universe episode. It just does not it it, it didn't work for me no. at all. It's just it was just yeah, like you said it's boring. It's soulless and boring at least I mean, I, I, the first season one I actually kind of enjoyed because it was so fucking crazy. I actually took a bit of enjoyment out of it, but <sighs> but also this, yeah. right, yeah. if they, if they found okay, so for Giorgio to be um, like to survive, she needs to be in a universe that is closer to her own. Yeah. Why could the Guardian not just send her fucking back? 
like it anywhere and like and just be like okay you're isolated now because as you said we can't trust her because she's a genocidal maniac yeah basically yeah why would you trust her to you think that it, she done nothing in those episodes to prove that she was stable to be trusted to be left in the past no she's she's but she She's she is literally a megalomaniac and she will grab power whenever she can. And she regularly points out the fact that she doesn't give a fuck about anyone, you know, aside from Michael. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's just she's an irredeemable character. I know it's fun to have her like that. But if you want to have that character, have her as the bad guy. You, you know, she's escaped. Well, into a, yeah, she's it, more powerful than Osiris. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. You brought up a great point there. And I was only going to jump on it because if. The computer has suggested, okay, I know somewhere that can fix this. It takes you to the Guardian of Forever. Yeah. The Guardian turns around and says, okay, you can fix this. You have to send her back to a point in time. Okay, then. And then you have a situation like City on the Edge of Forever where Michael and whoever else is on the planet and everything else fucking disappears or turns into, like, God knows what else. And then they have to go back in time have a bottle episode of them like going back and having to now kill uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, that's that's way more interesting, and it, that's, that's so much better. That's so because much better. Like, after be like, oh, we thought that we could trust her. However, she turned into a fucking absolute Nazi, as we knew should have known that she would. Because she, that's what she's always been. And yeah, it's just yeah. And but no, they have to they have to uh, suggest that she's got because the writing is so bad and they don't understand the characters because everybody just thinks she's cool because that's what it is now. It's not about and she anything would other not than have cool. changed. No, she, she would not have changed. And it's too late. She's killed too many people. It's it's not redeemable. You go or if she's going to sacrifice herself, that's how it's redeemable. She heroically dies. That's how you redeem a character like that. But the whole thing is she is horrendous to the group to the point with Tilly she is straight up bullying her you know and but then you get Tilly that... misses her yes she's a moron they're all morons like the fact they have that whole bit when Michael comes back and they're all like well we'll drink we'll have a toast to her why are you toasting this person you all hated you she might as well toast you might as well toast gold to cut while you're at it guys because he yeah. was a great man wasn't he it's it's it what i also love is like because the writing is so bad michael burnham ends up making that about herself as well like the art the last talk and i was like just has to always be about michael and she always does it because she's a psycho she's horrible she's a narcissistic awful person and yeah just that's like the fucking bit where they're all uh, uh telling tilly to be first officer Yes, yes, do it, Tilly. And then Burnham walks in. Oh, did I miss the bit where we all say yes? Yeah, and then she's like, oh, Michael. He goes, I've solved the problem, guys. Yeah, Michael, you're the best. Yeah, literally, that's every scene. She comes in and she has to make it about herself. And it's just, it's absolutely awful. And I like, just so bad. And and when, when you've got the whole, so like she and Booker, have to rescue discovery so because yeah. the good thing that discovery never closes its hangar bay yeah literally that shuttle bay is open all the time yeah so book can park his ship and do whatever the fuck he wants because 
Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Honestly, apparently, fucking, (laughs) absolute fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it just it it's so. Yeah, so they they get on there, and then Michael's like, "Well, you've got to hand yourself in," or no, he sacrifices himself so she can go full John McClane. That episode's directed by Jonathan Frakes, by the way. Um, That's what upsets me. Yeah. That's what upsets me because I know that they can only do directors on these shows can only do so much because they don't have any actual like creative input on the show. Yeah. No. So so it it upsets me when people that I like are involved in this shit. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and that one is shit. I mean, I I don't mind a nod to Die Hard. I love the episode when Picard's basically doing Die Hard on the Enterprise. Um, But this is so on the nose, Die Hard. Like, I was was watching it with someone, like, on... on, We were were, um, commenting as we watched it over the internet. And I said, at some point, she's probably going to lose her boots. And I was joking. And then it happened. And I was like, I can't... Oh, my God. This is so awful. After she's been stabbed in the leg, by the way, and she's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so awful because Michael Burnham is the greatest human being to ever live and can do everything. And it's they made the me pacing. a captain. Oh, well, that's the point we get to, isn't it? Fuck. So, I mean, we'll get to the roundup of this, shall we? Because we're just going to get angry. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like, so she single-handedly saves everyone. Um, Tilly who has completely failed as a captain um that whole bit when they die I, I when they were all the oxygen's being turned off and they're still talking to each other and having little speeches and they have that bit where they like they're sending the last one who can hold a breath the most and it's like stop talking to them and fucking get on with it you are wasting time and literal air in this meaningless dramatic crap that you keep focusing on because none of you were professionals. You're all like, oh, I love you guys. Just go, just fucking go. It's so awful. And it just, oh, it's so awful. And like, the final battle is terrible. With, oh. how, with how long they were without air, they should have died. Yeah. Or at least have brain damage. But, you know, they already it's... had brain damage. <laughs> it looks like it didn't damage much. But honestly, no. And I was, I was really hoping that they had all died. I really did as well. I was hoping. Well, this is a good way to end the series, you know. And then, like, you got. Oh man, it's just like the, the writing again as well, because it's all strong female characters bantering with each other. So Osiris meets Michael Burnham, and she has to say, "Oh, I like this one. You're cool." It's like, ah. Oh. And they have to have their cat fight because they don't, you know, and it's, it is a terrible fight scene, which ends up with Michael Burnham being pushed into matter and then spitting it out. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. You're right on there, dude. But we nearly left without discussing the fucking turbo. Oh, you think I was going to leave that? Oh, no. All right. Let's let's get to it, shall we? The single stupidest thing in the history of Star Trek. I mean, it was like, you know, like Willy Wonka's elevator. It felt yeah. like it was like that, but more retarded. Oh, my. Oh, my God. It was. What the fuck were they thinking? 
Mm-hmm. At what point did someone think this was a really clever idea? It it looked like they were floating in a city. It like that that's not the size of discovery. That doesn't make any sense. That's that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense because the th- it, literally in other series of Star Trek we have seen inside the turbo lift shaft yeah because it is a bloody shaft is a means of getting the turbo lift to other areas in the ship yeah the ship does not contain cavernous spaces of nothing (laughs) it's floating around (laughs) so bad but the thing is, those those spaces, right? And also, you know how big that space is? Because that was a bloody long fight. And that turbo lift still never reached its destination. No, it's just going the whole way through. It just, oh my, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I, I, I thought it was, I, I just, at first I didn't realise what it was. I was like, wait, is he teleported somewhere else? Is he, is he in a different location? Um, but no, he's, 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 he's in discovery. I, I, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, I I just, I can't believe someone thought that was a good idea. I can't believe that. And they they spent money on that as well. I think that's where a bulk of like the budget probably went on over those three episodes because they are heavily padded out. Um, yeah, I just, as he's just beating up men in motorcycle helmets and and the and the the other white guy who's the villain it's just oh, it's terrible so bad mm-hmm. and i mean and and we we discussed it like the, i didn't think they could do a worse spaceship battle than the one that was at the end of season two but they found a way like that epic battle they did also the, the vulcans just turn up but we don't see burnham's mom we don't see any of them they just they just turn up and then we don't see any of that action. They're just like, they've come to help. And it's like, okay. Um, but we don't see that. Instead, we just see more of the the, the incredible turbo lift sequence. Um, and just just as a point of reference, um, yeah. I've just Googled it. And apparently the entire length of Discovery is 780.5 meters so that's under a kilometer right from the top uh, from the very t- uh, like front of the saucer section all the way down to engineering there is not enough fucking space in that ship for those turbo lift shafts yeah yeah it it it, it doesn't it <laughs> i i they, they just they must not have thought for a second how how people will lose their minds who have the tech manuals for these things, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know what's really funny is it makes me think about Galaxy Quest when they're moving through the network and they find the you know um, when when um, Sigourney Weaver's like going, "What the hell is that?" He's just got the stomping machine. He's going, "The hell with this," you know. I'm not I'm not going with that. It's it's so so stupid like, like i so so awful but you know they resolve all the problems as they always do by killing everyone 
and they kill Osiris. All right, so before, sorry, just I, I, this scene really bothers me. I, I brought it up earlier. The scene when Osiris turns up and says she wants to negotiate and she wants the 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 um, the Emerald Chain to merge with the Federation. Mm-hmm. And um, and the admiral's like, right, we'll have a chat. Come on over, we'll have a talk. I'll have my lie detector hologram oddly view you. But this is the single closest thing to Star Trek. Um, I think they they do with this series. It's like where he's sitting down and he's negotiating with her, and he's he's very earnest with her because he's he wants peace. He wants uh, you know things to be right. And Osiris is like saying, or concessions are prepared to be made, and it all seems you know it's it's a really tense situation. And I thought, wow, this could be fascinating. Like, if you're looking at this from a political sense, um, this could change everything if you're going to do that. And that gives an interesting new dynamic of the merging of these two organizations and what the problems of that could be. And I'm thinking, wow, that's okay. This is really interesting. And it's quite a tense scene because I don't know if you can trust her, but maybe there's something she's got or, you know, what's his agenda? What's his agenda going to be for it? And they have a bit when she's eating an apple and they're talking about apples and and he's and he just he just says, well, actually, that's made from our shit. And I'm like, <laughs> just, oh. we all know that's how it works. It's like this is this is your negotiation now. It's like, again, it's a I don't think Star Trek. I, I actually have a massive issue. We I know we've sworn a lot and we will swear a lot more, but. I I don't believe in Star Trek. You do swear. I think it's not Starfleet officers' way, you know, especially when you're trying to have a delicate negotiation with, you know, your mortal enemy or your your greatest benefit. But it just it's everything wrong. It's like, oh man, someone thought they were being well weary with this, and it's just, oh, you've just killed this entire moment. And then he's like, you know, if you're going to join, you're going to have if you want us to combine and you want a better universe, because she has a point. Everyone's running out of dilithium. It's not working. They need to change the method or it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And he and he says to her, you need to you need to stand trial for what you've done. And she's like, no, I refuse to do it. And it all goes on. And I, it just it could have been so well handled. But the Admiral is a moron. So it doesn't matter. You know, I, I actually can't believe I started doing this with you thinking I liked him. no. I was just taken in by his 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 dashing looks, um, yeah, and it's just it's just a terrible thing. But at at the point when she's killed, so it's basically like it's basically like uh, the 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 Phantom Menace when you know Anakin destroys the command ship. So the entire Emerald Train, as uh, it's that rival the Federation with their empire and their supplies and their resources. It just collapses. It's almost like, well, they need to round out the series because we might not be getting a season four because, you know, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the case it is. I've, I've heard many versions of that, but it just all suddenly ends and and it's it's just everything gets resolved. Yeah. And it's it, yeah, that's and that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. And then they're all like, well, yeah, people are going to start coming back and it's all happy and stuff. And then we have the single worst conversation between the Admiral um, Varys and, um, and, um, and uh, what's her name? Burnham. And mm-hmm. Burnham, and it's, and it goes with, he's going, your methods work. I know I've always been saying that because you break the rules, you're a problem maker, but now you've, you know, my daughter doesn't like using numbers when she does maths. She likes to use her own symbols. Well, mate, your daughter's a moron. 
you know, it's it's just straight up. I hate to tell you this, mate, but <laughs> she's an idiot because maths is the universal language. It is the greatest achievement of, you know, of a, of a sentient species. And it's like, and you're the ranking commander of the Fed of the Starfleet of Starfleet. Your daughter's a moron and you should probably get her some decent schooling. But he uses this as like a, an example of how, you know, she thinks outside the box and that works for her. It doesn't, mate. She's literally going to struggle with life. You really need to worry about it. No, continue praising Michael Burnham. It's like you're the best, Michael Burnham. The, you, you were always the best. And I'm sorry I didn't realize it right away. Please be captain of Discovery. And it's like, oh, God, it's it's so bad mm-hmm. it's gone so, it's, it's gone yeah, and now please all of you wear your shit uniform like the new uniforms are these gray boring uninspiring things and it's you know and 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 the, the trill is now uh an officer for some no reason um you know doesn't make the mm-hmm. book isn't though because he's too cool and it's just, oh, yeah, there's a suggestion that Stamus hasn't forgiven Burnham because she actually quite rightly kicked him off the ship so that he couldn't be used to work the spore drive. It's the one time Burnham was 100% right. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. it's one yeah. of the only times where she was right in what she was doing. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, how dare you? My family is out there. And he's like, no, if you were, you're a Starfleet officer, you know, you you need to think about the bigger picture, but because you're a terribly written character that works purely in his own self-interest, you know, it's, and Stamus is an awful character. I really mm-hmm. dislike him quite intensely. Um, I don't, you know, I found, I, I found all of that stuff where he's getting a surrogate daughter, quite awful, just overhanded and bad. And it's just, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing they suggest is a kind of loose end. And then, then there's the final line that she says do you remember it wayne do you remember how wonderful it was oh it was some bollocks um way to go uh let's fly let's fly (laughs) i think i just said fuck off it's just i think like i didn't even hold it and then then they played next then they played the original theme music and then they had the audacity to use a gene roddenberry quote he wouldn't have wiped his ass with this script, you know. It's yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. So in all, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah. I had a I had a great time. I I'm truly looking forward to season four. I'm hoping that there will be even more emotions on display. Um, possibly uh, possibly some uh, some um. I don't know where you go with it from there. Honestly, this is the first time, right? Because the the final three episodes I had put off until this past week to watch. Until I think it was Friday. So that is like about the 14th or something of January, somewhere around that mark. Yeah. So this was the first time in my life that I knew that there was three brand new episodes of Star Trek and I really didn't want to watch them. No, you, uh, yeah, I, I, I had the misfortune of watching this while the Mandalorian was coming out. So I had to, but I get so excited about watching the Mandalorian. I'd forget that I had to watch discovery afterwards. And it, 
<laughs> it's just there's no comparison. I've also had the misfortune of The Expanse being back and watching that. And The Expanse mm. makes Discovery look like it was written in crayon. It's so, you know, there's, there's no comparison in regards to the quality of the writing and everything. And it and it should never be the case of, like, I don't... No. I, I, it's a chore to watch Star Trek. You know, it's... I mean, mate, honestly... What a strange new world this is. That there's new Trek and we're like, fuck, we've got to watch it. Yeah, that's Shit. horrible. It's like, yeah. oh man, hopefully, maybe something won't happen that makes me groan too much. <laughs> <laughs> I might get through it without sighing or getting, or just getting fed up with something being stupid. Oh man, just no, not good. Ev- Every single fucking thing is just everything about it is a mess. And I tried, you know, I've yeah. seen through them all so I can judge them properly. But it's exactly. And I know some people will turn around and say, well, if you hate it, don't watch it. But if you don't watch it, you can't formulate an opinion. Exactly. And we, we are watching with the hope that it will become better. I do genuinely believe that, that but I don't believe it will check good enough. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and I'm not attacking the cast. I'm like, I, 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 I but, no. I, but the quality, but the quality of the writing is not, is not frankly good enough. Um, no, you cannot blame the actors. No, no, because they're just they're working with what they got, and you know, it's, it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and I mean, I, we we've met that we met them sort of at the at the con a while ago. And they seem like really nice people. Um, yeah, I've had conversations so, with members yeah, of the cast, and yeah. they were really nice people. But it doesn't stop the show being shit. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And and, well, and it, thing, yeah. when we do get back to a world where we're going to conventions, I almost don't want them to be there because. Yeah. I I get the impression, and from what I've known before, they are really nice people. However, yeah. their show fucking sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think we can pretty. For me personally, I would round up like my review of season three of Discovery as it's Harry Potter in space. Yeah, but it sucks. Yeah, it's, it is. It it is. Um, yeah, Harry Potter in space. Um, but we've just yeah, just oh, awful, absolutely awful. Um, flush the turd down the drain. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. It's no, not it's good. not good. Not good. And um, maybe if there is a season four, I don't know. Um, see where it goes. But yay, Picard season two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the joy. Oh, the joy of it. Strange New oh. Worlds is apparently still happening. We'll see if that has, that's the case. I'd, I'd actually welcome that. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, we'll give that a go. But uh, still. Oh, well. Oh, well, indeed. I feel, I feel like well, a great weight's been come off my chest being allowed to rant, Wayne. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> well, I would have wanted no one else oh. with us to go for it, mate. Oh, and, no, yeah. no. I'd, I'd, thank you. <laughs> I might, so, go, I, might, I might have a wank now just to just, just to release the tension <laughs> oh yeah. uh, no well let us know guys what your thoughts were i'm sure that a lot of you were much more positive than uh, we were 
Um, Why? No, no, you're entitled to your opinions, no matter how wrong they are. <laughs> Just, oh. Oh, but yeah, let us know your thoughts and your opinions. But thank you very much for listening. I've been yeah. Wayne Emery. I've been Dominic Barman. And that's Trek, mate. Greetings and felicitations. I need your advice. Then I need a drink. You need advice from me. You must be kidding. I do not joke, Doctor. Spock, remind me to tell you that I'm sick and tired of your logic. That is the most illogical attitude. Buddy, you're a Vulcan, make an eyebrow raisin on your face. Colombian Starfleet someday, you got green on your face. Pointed ears graced, spouting big statistics all over the place. We will, we will spock you. We will, we will spock you. Buddy, you're a tall man, thin man, flying in a ship. Gonna take the universe one day. You work in space with Captain What's-His-Face, waving tricorders all over the place. We will, we will spock you. We will, we will spock you. Buddy, you're a smart man, science man, every seven years going through pawn for that day. You got green in your blood, Kirk's your bud, putting McCoy back into his place. We will, we will spock you. Sing it! We will, we will spock you. Everybody, we will, we will spock you. We will, we will spot you. Dazzling display of logic. Annihilation gem. Total, complete, absolute annihilation. Doctor, I am in command of the Enterprise. Live long and prosper. You've been listening to the Trekmate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.